Colon Cancer Podcast. I'm Lee Silverstein, and we're coming to you live from the Renaissance Hotel in Phoenix, Arizona at Live Your Best Life 2015, the Colon Cancer Alliance Annual Conference. Thank you so much for joining us today. And with me is a gentleman who uh, I've been trying hard for a few weeks to get connected to. He's got a great story of survivorship to share with with us, uh, and his name is Steve, Coach Steve Abrams. Steve, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you, Lee, for having me. And uh, congratulations on the honor as far as being one of the three speakers selected to uh, address the audience at the conference this morning. Uh, a nice honor. Thank uh, you. It is. I, I was honored to be asked, but I'm sure everybody in attendance has their own story they'd love to tell. Well, there, there are a lot of amazing stories. There, there really, yeah. there really is. So let's start with yours. Uh, take me back. And um, uh, my first question is: Is where does coach come from? I understand you've got a sports background. So tell us a little bit about that, and then if you would kind of veer into um, how you came to be diagnosed. Very good. So uh, yes, I've been a youth sports coach for about 26 years. Uh, I have two sons who are now 23 and 21 that are in college and I started coaching before they were born and of course when they got involved I got involved I played college football at Sacramento State and uh, played youth baseball and soccer and basketball my entire life so as a natural inclination to move into the coaching realms and that was a way to keep connected and uh, keep being involved in the team atmosphere that I so much enjoyed being around and so I coached my sons uh, through their little league and soccer and, and youth basketball. And then we moved and I moved into the high school ranks and coached uh, high school football for 10 years. And I'm still coaching today. How's the team doing? We're doing really well. Uh, what was really hard is we had a game last night and I was here at the conference. So I was texting the head coach back and forth, asking him to give me updates. We won 44 to 21 over the uh, first place team. So now we are in first. Fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. Good deal. Thank you. So how did uh, colon cancer and you uh, collide? You know, that's a, uh, the colon cancer was sort of that, uh, dark tunnel that I had been traveling down for many, many years. When I was 24 years old, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, and uh, it hit me pretty hard. It was a very severe uh, level of the disease, and so as part of my treatment, I was required to have colonoscopies. Now, you're not supposed to have those until you're age 50 unless you have family history uh, and then they want you to have them maybe even as early as age 40 but uh, because my colitis was so bad that I was having annual colonoscopies uh, starting at the age of 24. Uh, I knew that the statistics told me that my chances of getting colon cancer increased 5% a year every year after 10 years. So once I hit that 10 year mark it was just a clock ticking, and uh, in 2006, I went in for a colonoscopy, and there was no cancer. There was no polyps. Uh, in 2007, I went in, and they found an inch-long tumor inside my colon wall. Luckily, it was caught at stage one, but uh, I had to suffer through 20 years of ulcerative colitis uh, because of that, and I was lucky enough to be having annual colonoscopies because if I had waited for five years that 
one-inch tumor that had grown in one year may have been deadly after five years. Wow. I see. So what was the uh, prescribed protocol, treatment protocol for you? Um, well, you know, it's really interesting. Uh, there's a funny story as I was coaching football, and uh, I, I got a call at work that uh, the – gastroenterologist during this exam had found the tumor and they wanted me to come in and, and, and sit down and talk about surgery. And that night I had a football game and it was an away game. And uh, traditionally after away games, we would stop somewhere to eat afterwards and we were rushing. And so we decided to call ahead to a McDonald's and uh, the head coach ordered 75 double cheeseburgers and I was not able to eat there was a bus I rode for two hours in a bus filled with double cheeseburger smell. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I was unable to eat at all. And the so definition of torture, huh? <laughs> it was it was hard. I was hungry too, but uh, I was in no mood for eating. And uh, so I went in and, and met with the surgeon, and, and he had told me because of my history of ulcerative colitis that they needed to uh, do surgery. Uh, I actually pleaded to him that uh, I only had four more weeks left in the season. And if I could delay my surgery for four weeks, I'd be glad to come in that following Monday. So we had our last game on a Saturday, and I came. I went in on Monday and, and had the surgery. So he agreed to that. He agreed to that, <laughs> right. He, he said that four weeks really wasn't going to make a difference. So uh, uh, I took him up on it, and, and everything worked out good. Well, that's better. I mean, I, I delayed chemo by a week to go to a concert, but that, 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 <laughs> you, you win. You I've got to ask you, who did you see? My first ever country concert, Kenny Chesney, Eric Church, and the Eli Young Band. I think it was worth it. It was worth it. Definitely. It was. Nice. It was. Love those guys. <laughs> I do, too. So how much, being uh, an athlete and being so involved in sports all your life, how much does that sports competition mentality, how much did that play into how you approached your treatment and your diagnosis and your whole attitude towards all of this? You know, Lee, that's a great question. And um, after uh, I had recovered, the Sacramento Bee contacted me and did an article just on that. And it was titled, When, the, when Cancer Hit, the Coach Hit Back. And I talked all about how, one, my uh, physical well-being played into the rapid recovery after surgery. Um, when I found out, I had about four weeks to uh, get my body in as good physical shape as possible. And I was al already, I, I had jogged, uh, worked out on weights, play racquetball, kayak, uh, you name it, I, I did it. Any sport, any court. And uh, so I amped that up, increased my protein to try to increase my muscle mass because I knew I would lose that during surgery. Really did a lot of cardiovascular work. So when I went in, I was in tip-top shape. Uh, Post-recovery, uh, when I went in for uh, the first couple of weeks, the, the surgeon had told me he had never seen somebody heal so quick from this type of surgery, a total colectomy, which was about an eight-hour surgery, you know, pretty serious thing. And he had told me that he attributed it to my uh, physical well-being uh, before going in. Interesting, and I bet if I could find uh, Terry Taylor, who spoke earlier, and, and I had the chance to interview a little while ago, she was the nutritional oncologist. She spoke, as you recall, about, uh, it was a term I'd not heard before, 
prehabilitation. That was huge. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did. And what she talked about was just what you just said, Steve, was uh, increasing the protein intake, uh, increasing uh, your level of exercise, and the impact that that had on your ability to heal post-surgery. Right. So great message for our listeners who you know may be facing surgery. Uh, hopefully not, but I'm sh- you know if that is the case, then we don't focus so much on our pre-surgical health like that. And you're walking, breathing. Uh, yeah, that prehabilitation term. I wrote that down. That's huge, and uh, it played such a big part. And you know uh, what it also allows you to do is control what you can control rather than giving in uh, to the battle before it even begins. It means you take the bull by the horns and you do everything possible physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever you can do to beat this thing. And that's what it takes. Yeah. How old were you when you were diagnosed? 44. 44. Um, and I'm 52 now. Okay. So, and your health as it stands today is? Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I told my story at the conference that uh, a couple of weeks after my surgery, uh, the doctor told me, you know, total bed rest and no physical activity. And I actually got into my truck and drove myself to the gym and walked on the treadmill. I pushed one and uh, it was painful and I only could go for about five minutes. But you know what? Every day I went in and I went 1.2, 1.4. I went for eight minutes, I went for 10 minutes, I went 2.0, and I just gradually increased it. And it made a world of difference. Interesting, yeah. Um, Did you find it made the world of difference uh, not only physically but also psychologically? Oh, sure, because, uh, you know, uh, the mind is a funny thing, and you know, and we're laying on the couch and we're enclosed within the four walls of our house and, we don't have a lot of people to talk to, and um, we're uh, socially absent from our friends and our family and our work environment. And so it was really important to get out there and breathe some fresh air and feel some sunshine on my face and roll down the window in my truck and drive down the road and just feel normal again and then get out there and talk to people. And, um, you, you know, uh, one of the speakers this morning talked about uh, – the hierarchy of developing friendships along with fitness and and other areas to increase your chances of rehabilitation and help speed that recovery process. It, it, the benefits are, are, are too numerous to list, and and you know again, you know your examples uh, just just resonate so well. Um, what was the reaction from your from your family and, and your close friends uh, when you received your diagnosis? You know, um, those who knew me, um, my close friends and family, knew that I had the colitis, and they they knew I had been struggling for many, many years. And I was open with them and talked to them about what my chances were to uh, get colon cancer. So when I broke the news to them, but uh, I was able to hide a lot of the side effects from the colitis because I continued to work out. I did lose a little bit of weight, uh, but I continued my workout and and eating, even though eating was a chore with colitis. Um, 
And so I think what happened, what was most shocking is post-surgery when people saw me and I had lost so much weight. And the, there was this once healthy man that uh, used to jump for joy at any opportunity to get outside and paddle somewhere or swim somewhere. And um, I was dressed in sweats and a long coat to try to hide my bag. And my face was shrunken because I'd lost so much weight. And uh, that's what really worried them, I think, afterwards was uh, my post condition. I see. Um, You mentioned the bag and uh, there's a lot of stigma around ostomates. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I feel um, very blessed uh, that I am not wearing a bag today. Uh, though I did wear it for four months and I experienced um, all the challenges that that brings, the, the leaks, uh, the uncomfortableness in trying to find clothes that fit, um, just the, the mental and social uh, issues of trying to be out and about in a, in a normal way, uh, how to dress. Um, after four months, they were able to go in, and uh, what they did is they did a resection and pulled my upper intestine down to my rectum and tied it together, and then uh, looped my intestine into a pouch called a J pouch. And, um, you know, I... I struggle uh, every day. I have seven or eight bowel movements every day, and they're loose bowel movements. I haven't had a uh, a firm bowel movement in 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 years. I mean, I'm in 25 or 30 years, so I don't even remember what that's like. Uh, but uh, it it depends on the amount of food I eat every day. It depends on uh, the types of food. I find like maybe barbecue sauces or some spices will exacerbate the problem. But I always count my blessings. I'm looking down on the grass instead of looking up on the grass, right? And I know a lot of people uh, in the colon cancer circles that have it a lot worse off than I have. So I really can't complain. Yeah. You know, I hear that so often, and 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 I think it's what... It's just amazing about the people that are here at the conference and and really survivors everywhere. So many people have the ability, like you just said, to maybe have a perspective and be able to say, I'm blessed, I'm fortunate, because there's people that still have it worse than I do. And those people that have it worse than you do, they're going to tell you the same thing. They're going to say, but there's still someone else. Yeah, that has it worse than I do. And we know uh, people that have passed away sure. uh, uh, because of the disease. And so, um, you know, th- I, I, I did do uh, a project uh, with terminally ill uh, patients uh, in Berkeley a couple of years ago. And we sat around and we talked about end-of-life issues. And one thing that you understand when you're actually going through it uh, whether it's chemotherapy or radiation or, or the side effects, is that people can't go through another day of the pain and the challenges. And when they're faced with that decision, um, we tell them it's okay. It's okay to feel that way. And you have to do what you have to do. And um, it's an acceptance 
Um, Jer Governor Brown just passed the uh, I'm not the right to die initiative in California, uh, such as what they had in Oregon, where you have you can choose uh, if you are diagnosed with a terminal disease or uh, an issue. It's a right to die that uh, you can choose to meet with a physician and they can and help you bring yourself to a peaceful close to this life rather than, you know, a lot of people choose chemotherapy and they wilt away and they're in a lot of pain for many, many months. And uh, my big issue has always been the quality of life, you know, so um, that was that was a huge awakening for me. So um, I empathize and, and understand where people are coming from. Sure, sure. Well, as we wrap up, I wanted to ask you uh, a, a question I ask many of the folks that I have the honor and privilege of, uh, of interviewing, and that is if someone were to tune into this uh, interview, uh, Steve, and they themselves or someone they care deeply for uh, or recently was recently diagnosed and is still processing all of that, having been through the journey that you've been through, uh, what message would you share with those folks? You know, uh, in life, we already have so much to process, right? We have <laughs> jobs true? and finances and homes and cars and children and all sorts of issues that we're dealing with every day. And then, you know, the good Lord throws cancer onto your plate and you're like, okay, I have to process this also. Uh, it's a huge undertaking. And understand that you're going to go through um, a myriad of emotions and and feelings of frustration and anger and denial and um, you have to allow yourself to go through that you, unless you go through and bring to closure each step you'll be dealing with that for a long time and it's okay to feel scared and it's okay to feel like you're alone but I want people out there to know they're not alone there's a lot of organizations and associations such as colon cancer alliance that people can reach out to and in fact i work as a buddy for colon cancer alliance and i receive phone calls every week from people all across the united states that are newly diagnosed and they're scared and they just want to talk to somebody so my word be to, it would be to reach out whether it's the american cancer society or colon cancer alliance or another cancer associated group and and talk with somebody about what they're feeling and and then ask maybe uh, what are the expectations when you're diagnosed and what to expect uh, pre-surgery and post-surgery and just knowledge is a very strong thing to have when you're going through something like this yeah no no question about it knowledge does help alleviate some of that it mm -hmm. can help Definitely. alleviate some of that fear well, Steve, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us today. Congratulations on uh, eight years of, of survival. I wish you uh, continued uh, success, more importantly, continued good health, and uh, pleasure to meet you. A pleasure to meet you also, Lee, and, and to all those out there listening. Uh, you are not alone. Reach out, and you're going to survive and get through this. God bless. Thanks again, Steve.